This is Mai, the Cosmic Nomad, and welcome to the Acetone Podcast. All right, today I am with uh, Jada, uh, an art consultant, I'd say. You, you're based in Toronto, so I would say, how did you get started as an art consultant? Mm. I was born an art consultant. I started at the age of one, pretty much. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, that wasn't funny. Uh, anyways, the way I really started was um, through accepting the fact that I loved art and thought about art daily. Mm-hmm. And that working in art was just going to have to become my reality. And I couldn't run away from it. And I couldn't accept people's opinions and excuses telling me that it was an unstable industry and no use finding a good career in it because my heart and my mind were constantly thinking about art that I couldn't get away from it. And I just had to accept it. So uh, I guess I visited the idea uh, several times a year and would semi approach it and then run away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I really didn't find a fit uh, that resonated with me until earlier, um, no, later last year, so later in 2019, when I went back to France and found myself in, in the countryside and uh, the weather was rainy every day. And so I was staying indoors each day for about a week. And because you don't really have much else to do mm-hmm. or all the things that you have to do, you kind of just get done and you're like, okay, you know what? I sat with myself and I did a lot of writing and I did a lot of um, thinking and I asked my friend, I said, what career do you see me doing? And she looked at me and she said, Jada, art. Like I told you this before, it's about time you do it. Do something about it. I said, yeah, but you know, like... I don't know. It's just people who work in the art industry get so taken advantage of. I put so much time into my education, so much, you know, uh, more time into building a career and and being respected and having a great reputation amongst my peers. What am I going to do in art? I don't want to be a starving artist. And then, so I took these keywords that I had written down. I put them uh, in a Google search and up came this position that was looking for a Toronto native who could drive, (laughs) who spoke English and French, who had previous experience uh, in a sales role and marketing, and who had extensive experience working with the trade, like designers and architects. And I basically checked off all those Mm -hmm. criteria Gave them a call. I told them that I would be coming back in about two weeks to please um, save an interview space for me and that I would greatly be interested in working this position, which is corporate art consultant, which means we do art consulting on commercial projects. And flew back the next day 
met with them and we spent about six hours together. And the day after that, I was hired. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and how's that going so far? That was back when? When did that start? That was in November, well, October 2019, officially mm -hmm. starting, I guess, in November and um, really picking up in January. Of this year? Of this year, of 2020. Oh, wow. So what were your influences prior to this and what kept, because this person knew that you were, you know, into art and you're doing it for the love of it. How did that start? Because we have photos on the side showing little Jada um, painting. <laughs> so tell me about that. How did that start? How did you become this creative weirdo? I guess innately i have always gravitated towards art it's just been a part this is why i mentioned it feels like i had been born with this because it feels so natural to me it's it's i almost i go into the world and i feel happy and proud and excited and even though what we're going through right now is very mind bending mm -hmm. and quite uncertain and unknown there's always going to be a, a huge, strong love for art from me and a belief that it will always remain a constant in our life since it has been since the start of man. It is going, merely going through a change. Yes. And I was, in, in hindsight, I can say that I was born with this love, absolutely, because I could see myself... If there was one activity that I was so into, I almost blocked out everything else going around me. It was art. It was painting. Uh, even in, in elementary school, in middle school, today. And it's just, it's a feeling I get right here. It really is. Yeah. A feeling around my heart when I look at a painting I love or when I think about artwork and read about artwork. I feel warm, so <laughs> there's some <laughs> chemistry going on. Um, and a lot of people around me could tell that I had this natural uh, talent when it came to me picking up the paintbrush. Not that I promote myself as an artist, because I prefer to keep that as my pastime passion. Yeah. Before myself, I don't do it under pressure. I, I like working um, professionally with artists on commercial projects, but painting is something more personal for me. And uh, people around me recognizing the talent and sort of being moved by what I've painted and professors telling me that there was an unbelievable harmony on the canvas. Uh, how did I come up with it or how did I put it together? Have I taken lessons before? And no, I haven't except for one course in high school. I'm very much quite self-taught and I'd like to keep it that way because I feel like whenever someone comes in with their expertise, whatever, it doesn't, <laughs> I refuse to accept it, first of all, and it doesn't apply to me because <laughs> I have the, my own way of discovering my, my creation and creativity and I become very overprotective of my painting um, method because it isn't about perfection, it's about kind of just discovery and feeling mm -hmm. 
and then mm -hmm. out comes a masterpiece no matter how it is so when you're doing uh your work is it just brings you joy and it's more therapeutic for you rather than just being a job or you're there to sell it at the end of the, at the end of the day it's all for you like you create it for yourself yes yes i mean if there is a request from a project or a client uh, that is specifically geared towards something i can do and i feel comfortable doing myself i will contribute as an artist otherwise there are so much like the sky is the limit there's so many artists and there's so much artwork out there that i truly adore and respect and i really do enjoy curating mm -hmm. bringing together and um yeah just creating new masterpieces out of all the artwork that's already alive so in your professional work you would pull either other artists or other work and influences and guide the client towards that desired idea or concept that they want yes yes so a client would say that they've got this specific type of space it could be a restaurant it could be a hospital it could be a hotel it could be their home or it could be a condo etc really mm -hmm. and depending on the client's vision along with the designer's vision we sort of fulfill all the art needs it could range from a classically framed and painted piece to um a more like experiential graphic design element or a large scale wall covering to custom pieces to anything and if the client doesn't have a pre-existing idea or notion of what they exactly want and they want us to kind of come to the plate with with some suggestions we do that as well so we can sort of put on the hat of the designer the more artistic designer and to take on that project in that perspective in that way is there any in terms of your client work or personal work is there any influences granted you said you don't you don't want to be you don't necessarily have a teacher in a sense but is there any other artists or other creative uh, professionals that inspire your work or inspire you to create for for personal work or for client work Mm -hmm. uh, there are so many inspirations when it comes to sourcing them for each project. I don't, I don't limit the inspiration when working on those kinds of jobs mm -hmm. because I, I, I would personally love each one to be unique in a sense. Yeah. In my life, I've always remained true to one master whom captivated me since I was a little girl um, and it is he is Monet ah. mm -hmm. okay the Why? it Why? is a book basically that my mom purchased me when I was a girl 
It's called Linnea in Monet's Garden. And I was like absorbed into each page. I wanted to be in the painting. I wanted to just be there. I love, I love his painting style. I know he's quite classic and quite well known, but no matter, no matter what, no matter all the other art pieces that I see, and I look back at a Monet, I, I feel so much from that Monet. You take me to a museum and I stand in front of a Monet, sometimes I start crying because I envision him painting that piece. And then for my 30th birthday, I made sure I visited his home in Giverny, where you see his absolutely stunning garden and the place where most of his uh, masterpieces were painted. And you get a tour of the in inside of his house. Even the way he's designed his home inspires me because he was so, he was so <sighs> creative and advanced for that time. I mean, his kitchen, I think it was, is, oh no, dining room is yellow. Like <laughs> almost everything in there is yellow. And his kitchen is blues and it's just so lively. I love him. I love him <laughs> so much. So to this day, and, he still influences you. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with me, I have, I have this searcher, like a search. And then, and then when I find something, I, or come across a lot of other things, there's this internal kind of testing going on oh that previous source of information that i found do i still still feel it resonates as much as this new one and then certain things st stick out and they stand the test of time so monet is my your go-to mm, one true art love mm -hmm. <laughs> always will be always will be is there a medium that you prefer um at least for your per personal work? Hmm. Um, I don't think I have dedicated enough time to explore my own painting, which is heartbreaking to say because I should. I think about it every day and yet I put things before actually painting that mm -hmm. seem more important but at the end of the day are quite unimportant to that joy. It's like healing when I paint. Um, but I do, I do like, I don't mind landscapes or painting nature, I guess. And I also enjoy, I love painting portraits. Mm. So my first portrait that I painted uh, was of my father while I was in France. And it, there was a, there's a story behind that. And it. then my second one, <laughs> my second one I painted when I, um, when I kind of landed in this 2000 year old village or town in France called Bourg-sur-Gironde and I decided to stay a little while. And this was while I had purchased a car 
while living in France and was kind of just traveling around. And I had my place in Bordeaux, but then I also wanted to live in other places that kind of intrigued me. One day it was really, really rainy and I went for a walk. <laughs> Great time to go for a walk. The best time. And um, I, I was looking for this meeting. Uh, it, it was like an art meeting where people of the town got together but mm -hmm. I couldn't find it. Um, so then I asked this, well, the only person I saw who was cleaning his sailboat, I said, excuse me, do you know where this is? And he pointed to this dome-like um, stone building. And I went inside and it was like a, a glowing, cozy gathering of older women who had all made biscuits and tea and cake and we're drinking wine and coffee and all those things while painting and chatting and socializing. It wasn't a course. It was just a social painting. Uh. And so I just poked my head in and they said, oh, who are you? And uh, joined them. And then later on, the, the organizer of the group said they will be painting for an expo, for an exhibition at the neighboring town. Uh, in a couple months' time, everyone's to choose an artist and do a painting in their style. So I chose Picasso's unfinished paintings because mm -hmm. he has a few that he's not finished that I really do like. And I think I chose the style of, uh, it's called Portrait of Olga. Okay. And I did a portrait, but not any portrait. I did my own. And I did not choose to do my own. A the self-portrait? Self-portrait. The woman who organizes the paint group said for me to do a, a self-portrait. And later on, I discovered that it was kind of a test because apparently self-portraits are the hardest to do. Mm. It, it went, well, I was so into it. Like, it's almost like I need, it, I feel like being a part of a group like that is good because it does motivate you to kind of stick to painting and and, and do, do what you need. Uh, so I finished that and then, and then after they hung all the paintings in a cute cafe in the town <laughs> and I kind of gallivanted off to travel in Istanbul and the Mediterranean. And then I came back to this, this small town kind of whispering gossip. And it was all buzzing around me. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I was on vacation, I just got back. Uh, and one of the, the women said, Jada, after we hung your portrait in the tiny cafe, there was a very well-known painter man who would come every single day <laughs> sit in front of it order a coffee and tell everyone in the bar one day he's going to own that painting i'm like okay nice. mm -hmm. that's pretty nice i said i'm quite honored and then then the next day i get a visit from his wife ah. it was a very friendly visit very <laughs> advanced, open-minded. And his wife says, his birthday is coming up. 
I would like he's he's been one he's been talking about owning this piece because he loves the way that it was painted the technique he feels some he feels that a lot of soul went into it he feels like it stands out and it's kind of different I'm like okay remember this is my face you're talking about no <laughs> no I said okay thank you so much it's quite a compliment um she said I would love to purchase it for his birthday because he's been talking about owning it but not having enough and and I, I price it at 200 euros um like all the other paintings there i didn't even know how to, how to price it i felt embarrassed about putting a price on it but then finally the woman who organizes the art art um session said okay just do 200 today so she ended up purchasing it from me and then i sort of surprised him at his birthday and we had a big long chat and i yeah, it was great. We all became such great friends. This so when is the you, story of the self-portrait. <laughs> when you went to his uh, birthday party, did his wife introduce you as the artist, or he didn't know who you were? He's like, who's this girl that is there? No, he, of course, but he looked at me very bewildered. So is because he recognized the, my face. Ah, uh, okay, yes. okay. Okay. The girl in the painting. It's a oh. movie right there. There's a movie right it there. It is a movie. <laughs> The girl, like, it could be focused on the guy, and then he would be like, the girl in the painting, I need to meet her. And then she turns out to be you, and then you're at the party. And, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice short little movie. It's yes. Yeah. And the setting, 2,000-year-old mm -hmm. town, mm -hmm. a bar built into a 2,000-year-old place. It's I'll write it. I'll write that story. Mm -hmm. Please do. But you got to produce it, though. Yes, okay. <laughs> All right, sorry, continue. What happened at the party? Oh, um, oh, we had some champagne. <laughs> hmm. No, how, how was his reaction? Like, how did that play out? So... My goodness, honestly, my... It feels like him and I could talk about so many things. His wife, too, and his daughter. We all kind of hung out. And then they all took me back to his art studio in the town. And she did jewelry design and he did painting. And it was fantastic. I could spend all day with them. Mm. And the, their daughter, she gravitated towards me like I was her older sister. We, we felt very <laughs> connected, very like-minded, even though there was, um, I was speaking French, but they wanted me to speak English sometimes. And I guess there was not a language barrier, but you could tell there was something more like if we didn't speak the same language, there would still feel like there was a connection. Mm -hmm. Look at each other and sort of understand. It was very nice. Do you feel, well, you do feel that right now as we're Toronto weirdos, do you feel that there's this missing connection to you know quality artwork or at least the culture of quality artwork in canada comparatively to the old world as they say europe and the rest of the world mm. i mean i've heard talk about canada being a little more reserved mm -hmm. i and... can talk about that another time yeah <laughs> 
And uh, when it comes to creative expression, but also when it comes to spending or investing in art. Um, and also keeping it safe, um, going with what seems to be the norm. Yes. And we do have an inside joke about Canadians having or gravitating towards grayish, which is the mix of gray and beige, <laughs> which is a beautiful, beautiful color. But personally, I feel in life, all things are better off when mixed, when there's a balance, for example, between, let's say, modern contemporary and vintage bohemian. Mm -hmm. If you overdo one, it just doesn't feel right. But I feel like when you blend the two together harmoniously, mm -hmm. you basically bring out the best in both. So I like that. Same with fusing art with business or artists with business-minded people. Both kind of rely on each other, both when they work together, create yes. phenomenal outcomes, and both need each other to move forward. I agree. There's got to be a beautiful balance between the two because artists who are focused on their work can't necessarily always focus on the business side. So you need somebody that knows what they're doing, but also is also focused on the business side. So two separate, but work in that unison. It's beautiful. Yeah. Not only can't, but sometimes they don't want to. Mm -hmm. An it's artist does yeah. not want to take care of the admin. Yeah. And someone who does like numbers and more of the business tasks doesn't want to have to put on the creative cap and think of what colors to use or what finishes. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I think that's why most artists don't succeed in terms of financial success. It's they're stretching themselves too thin because they're trying to sell on one hand and then they're trying to also pull something from their being and put it into a medium, whatever that is. So mm -hmm. there, there's, there's, there's a, you can't stretch yourself out too thin. Focus on one thing and do that amazingly well. And then let someone else handle that you trust, handle the financial and admin side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important for people who feel like one side is lacking to remember to rebalance both sides moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's also accepting and, and, help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel like artists are so important that maybe not enough importance is put on them in Canada. Oh, yeah. I will see. That's the thing. I, w I would love to get into that whole conversation, maybe for an audio, like a longer audio version of that. Because mm -hmm. I think I've off uh, camera things like that i've talked to you many times about my issues with on a on a low level artist individual artist to the corporate side i've i've seen all those sides how artists are treated how the culture views um creative people and their work and is it viable to stay here because a lot of artists don't stay here they a lot of them have to leave regardless of what medium it is they have to succeed mostly in the bigger market which is the united states and then they have to come back because of the perception of them succeeding in that market. 
It's a sad thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel in Europe, it's a little bit different because there's a lot more countries closer together where you can just go hop hop and just be successful in, in, in a more organic way rather than the huge, just two divide of the U.S. and Canada. Yes. Art culture is very rich in Europe and quite old as well. Mm-hmm. Quite respected. So much so that look at how the Medici kind of built their empire with the help of artists. Mm-hmm. They would continually commission artists to make paintings where there was a storyline and place kind of members of the Medici in those paintings. And each painting was a masterpiece. And all those paintings today are hung in the most renowned museums and who sees those paintings millions of people and who what are the subjects in those paintings the medici so to this day the medici's legacy is remembered Mm -hmm. right it's It's an indirect way but but not only that art isn't only on a on a canvas it can be seen in architecture it can be seen in interior design it can be seen in various mediums so yeah and the one thing in this digital age that we're living in whether or for example prior to that for example when that great depression happened back in the what is the late 20s everybody went to the movies to escape art at times or, or listen to audio things or whatever it was to escape their current situation or at least be inspired to escape their current situation and now as we see we're quarantined in this scenario everybody's watching things that creative people have made either audio wise or visual wise, you know, or reading something that they've never had the time to read. It's all creative people, you know, but we're not seen in this. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. They need us, but they don't treat us well. Yes. I think that the level of respect can definitely improve. Mm-hmm. But it's not all also not all art or creation or films, movies, photography. I mean, they do offer and provide an escape, but they can also be a source of inspiration, which then in turn is quite healing. Mm-hmm. Art is healing. Yes. Looking at art and also making and creating art. Oh, yeah. Especially when you create it. There is... There is a flow, that flow, and that's like, um, it's almost like, a, it's almost like you get transported inward mm-hmm. and it's so focused, that creation or that creativity and act of creating, so focused that you don't think about the things that stress you out or give you anxiety, all of a sudden those thoughts disappear and they're filled with positive thoughts of building something, making something with your own hands. And then that feeling you get when you're proud of actually doing it and putting the time towards you, it's almost like an investment in time and it's an investment in yourself. Oh, it is. It's the way I view it is you're pulling out something from yourself and it also requires the mind, body, and soul, like you, all three things to create this thing. 
in a sense you're you're in a physical sense it's not necessarily it's it's not giving birth but it is giving birth to a certain thing in a different way and when you're done you're like exhausted but relieved and happy and euphoric or you know that it's yeah. out there that this thing came out of nothing and now it's on something in the physical realm and mm-hmm. that's always amazing to see mm-hmm. you know oh, absolutely now it's just an interesting concept to discuss during these times <laughs> because there are many many artists who create with other people in the same space whether you are a painter or a musician mm-hmm. and not only that but with projects i've had to consider the future of artwork in a hospital or in a place that wants to maintain a level of cleanliness if people are worried about cleaning frames mm-hmm. or 3d's you know if it goes that extreme then will art become more of a projection on a white wall i know these are out there concepts it probably won't go there well, because they're doing something that i saw on in switzerland on i think the mountain was the matterhorn that they would project large positive images of what's going on like we love mm-hmm. you stay at home on the mountain at night so the village at the bottom can see the mountain in the distance and it's projected an image mm. and it's very powerful and people like they really love that so every night you can just look up and see the mountain down there like a huge image is projected on it mm. wow it's pretty cool very cool yeah very cool so technology, yeah. at the end of the day, it, it, the creation process is still the same. The mediums will change. Or some mediums will stay, some mediums will go. Yeah. But at the end of the day, well, you're creating. The, yes. I mean, but there's a lot more creating on your own. Yes. Not on your own only, but in your own space. I mean, you can always send it to someone to edit, but it just won't be like, you can't really easily have a painting party no <laughs> it's yeah when you're it's it's <laughs> kind of weird it's certain mediums require an individual to be by themselves not all the time but i guess it depends on the person too though it depends on how comfortable you are in a painting party or you only paint by yourself you only you're you know for example if you're in an art class when i took you to take art courses you would have a model, you'd have a bunch of people painting the same nude model. <clears throat> Certain people would be nervous to really get into it. Other people would be like, this is nothing, straight into it. So it depends on how comfortable people are drawing with other people, like with other people or by themselves. It depends. That's Yes, that's yeah. true. Yes. However, they have found that art, especially in hospitals, um, like if you take, for example, an a hospital that is empty mm-hmm. has no artwork. Of course, it has to be the right artwork. Yes. Some artwork can make someone feel worse. But in a, in a hospital where they have the right artwork on display in the right areas of the hospital, yeah. the patients have said and mentioned that it made them feel better. It almost distracted them from the issues that they 
thought or that they were experiencing that they thought were worse and soothe them. And some of them even mentioned that it made, made them feel as though they healed faster. So art is quite powerful when used well. I agree. It's, it's like, um, I think it comes back to creation in a sense, or at least the mind or creation of when you see something, it invokes some form of emotion. Even if you've never seen that painting before, something about it invokes something positive. If it's a painting that is not necessarily like all hospitals I've seen, there are paintings in hospitals or clinics, or it's usually either abstract, beautiful abstract paintings or landscapes. And that allows somebody to escape. But if it was a painting of an individual, you might not have that connection to that individual in that painting. You know what I mean? So it's usually abstract or uh, landscapes that work the best that I've seen because it allows yeah. you to put yourself there. Yeah. Yes. No. Uh, yeah. Um, on projects that sort of on healthcare projects, the art consultant can sometimes work with a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And the doctors, because there are certain things when it's too abstract, um, it can make certain people feel uneasy or if they cannot make it out, it makes, especially in certain, certain wards, mm-hmm. you have to be very respectful of what their reaction might be. And landscapes are predominantly selected. Yeah. Yeah. You get to escape. Because it's familiar and it's, Less subjective, yes. So prior to this whole thing going on, how are you, how is it dealing with clients like like in this climate? Well, just prior to this whole thing in this day and age, like what are clients mostly focused on? Is there a trend? Is there something that they're looking for these days? Uh, in terms of trends. Well, you know, this is uh, outside of healthcare spaces. Abstract seemed to be a go-to. Colorful, because a lot of the spaces are quite neutral to begin with. They're almost like canvases, and it's the artwork that they can use in the space and change up that mm-hmm. add that color. Mm-hmm. And landscapes are always a go-to, I would say prints or large-scale wall coverings mm. so that the artwork could seem like it's covering the entire space, but it's a, it's basically a, a wall cover. Yeah. Is there any advice you would give to an artist or a creative person who wants to become an art consultant. Is there any advice there? Mm. Hair flips, a lot of hair flips. A, hair flips. B, uh, hair flips during meetings. Just like, hey, I don't have hair now, but you know, (laughs) hair flip. My advice to anyone, anyone, is to, to do what you love. And I feel like you will know what it is you love most when you realize you end up thinking about it on a daily basis, no matter what else you're doing. 
That's number one. I feel like passion is the key to anything. You don't need to come specifically with a, 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 a certain certificate and a certain program proving that you um, are capable of doing a certain subject. Uh, if you don't have the passion or the drive, you're gonna be annoyed by it and that's gonna show through on most of your efforts. I feel like passion and drive and talent for certain things you're born with mm -hmm. is your duty to discover it. And if that so happens to be something related to you working with art and artists on certain projects where you consult with designers, that feels like you and you think about that on the daily, most likely look into it. Hmm. Is there... Is there a time where you felt you didn't want to be an artist? Like you just don't want to create and you just got to do the corporate nine to five thing. And you know, that every artist at a certain point oh. says, they're like, F this whole thing. And let's just, let's just make some money. Forget about art. It's very stressful or very draining or very, whatever it might be. Mm. <laughs> I don't think, well, I think it was the opposite with me. I think. So in a sense, you were coming into your own, like you rather, you went the opposite way. You were like, mm -hmm. I'm doing this whole thing. It doesn't fulfill me, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to get into art more or at least get paid doing the things I love. Yeah. Before it was a lot of those kind of nine to five-ish unfulfilling jobs that made everyone else around me happy. Mm -hmm. That really over time pissed me off. It made me feel gray and mm. stuck. That's, that's the Canadian thing you were describing. Mm, like, and not only that, but my constant thinking about art and painting in my head was building up and building up and then felt like I was going to explode. <laughs> I felt so not especially depressed because it felt like what, what brought me joy and happiness mm -hmm. was, but a, was but a dream was, but just like was to stay up in my imagination. And the more I did nine to five, the further, further away I felt from living my dream life that I kept thinking about. And I thought, this this is crazy. Like, how could this be? How could I be thinking and seeing a wonderful life? And then when I look around and open myself, my eyes up and I look at the reality, it's completely opposite. Can't I be living my dream? Is it that impossible? What I had to shift there was me. I needed to shift the way I was thinking. I needed to shift my belief system. I needed to shift my, my faith in myself and my creative ability, sort of like how I create my life. And yeah. I needed to believe more in my, in my wishes and honor them and, and do it harmoniously as well where if someone would 
come to me and say, what are you doing? I don't understand. Uh, you have such a great job, career, life. Why are you making these changes instead of, you know, throwing a tantrum and being this rebellious person and saying, screw you. I get what I want now. <laughs> I try to explain it more calmly to people and kind of earn their respect and support because that as well was always helpful. If you don't do that and if you kind of just say, screw you all, I'm just going to do my thing. At the end of the day, it doesn't feel so comfortable because then you have this weird looks from the people that you love and that's that's trust. but that's the life of an artist you're not always going to get you know the looks mm -hmm. you want so you should yeah, just say fuck it learning and wisdom <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of emotional maturity yeah no emotional maturity mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> do you feel that being an like an artist it doesn't actually it doesn't apply to everybody but the trope of an artist being lonely you know what i mean it's a lonely life because you're not necessarily in one aspect you're not necessarily doing a nine to five you're always by yourself most of the time mm. do you feel that's the case or it's not you know it depends on the person i don't know i don't think anyone could feel lonely if they enjoyed being alone not <laughs> yeah, alone yeah on their own mm -hmm. and if they don't well then just do something about it <laughs> no need to mope around i agree do you feel this whole uh social distancing or isolation is very helpful helpful for the for the creative mind mm -hmm. i for one feel great um I feel like we rebalanced because it feels a lot more natural, the pace. Mm -hmm. And I focused more on things that are, you know, just in front of me, kind of. So, and I, and I, I have to say that the lack of distractions in the previous world that we were living in or previous life, mm -hmm. that strange need to want to go out or to spend idle time with friends. It's great to spend time with friends, but sometimes too much time ends mm -hmm. up kind of biting into the time you could use towards producing a creation. I agree. And now it's kind of reset that for me personally you've got to face yourself more in these days and you've got to you have ample time to sort of work on the things that you've put off and and if you're recognizing or noticing a, a pattern that is not working for you time to come to to grips that it's probably you that needs to change if you want a different outcome. So a lot of work on my myself is is being done and I'm almost learning and discovering who I am more and more and enjoying mm -hmm. the process. Do you feel 
like there's one idea actually that I was thinking of that after this whole thing, there should be globally one whole week of no work. Once a year, one whole week, everything, it depends on, it really depends, but um, one whole, people can, people can stock up for one whole week, like stock up food and things like that for one whole week and just not go to work. But then the problem is there's essential services. See, it's kind of a weird thing because then who's going to drive the buses? Who's going to drive? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then what if you like to work? Well, that's the thing. It's choice-wise. No one's forced to go to work. Oh, okay. No one's forced. I don't know. It's just an idea because I feel that at a certain point, we need these downtimes because a lot of people, there's a lot of health issues. There's a lot of mental health issues mm-hmm. that that can easily be resolved at times, depending on the situation, just by taking a break, just by, you know what, dude, you don't have to go to work today. Chill out. Just take time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of low paying jobs, you don't get, there's no such thing as vacation. Really? There's none of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of these people working at fast food places or you name it, like these lower paying jobs, they don't have that. Actually, that's not a bad idea. So giving those people an an opportunity for even a week to just say, you know what? I don't know. McDonald's is closed for a week, guys. It'll help help you. It'll help people health wise too. But just it's closed for the week. You guys just take the week. That's your vacation. Do whatever you want. Don't worry. So that people don't get kind of hooked onto certain comforts that they don't really need kind of thing? No, just just like a reset button. Because I feel for a lot of people – this is a reset button that they that we make excuses in life. I can't do this because I have work. I can't do this because I got to wake up for work. I can't do this because I need the money. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's a lot of excuses that at the end of the day, you can't take the money with you when you die. And that feeling of at least I tried something like the feeling of you feel better if you tried something and failed compared to never trying at all. So regret. You know what I mean? So giving mm-hmm. people a reset button or people to do whatever they need to do, whatever it might be. I mean, there are lots of parents too, I mean, on a plus side, saying that they're enjoying the fact that they get to spend so much more time with their kids. And they realize that before they were, over. it seems like overworking mm-hmm. and their kids were growing up before their eyes, but they oh, weren't yeah. there to experience it. Mm -hmm. It is important to, I mean, this experience right now that we're all going through is a little uncomfortable. Uh, It does have negative sides to it, sad, Mm -hmm. um, sad sides to it. But on the other hand, it is a great reset, as you were saying, and a really good way for people to look at how they would like to spend their lives in a more healthy way on all levels when it comes to physical health, but also emotional and romantic and um, creative and intellectual tons of things that we can really improve. And we're not able to by constantly posting it on Instagram as a as a five second post and then moving on to no one was getting anything done. 
No, but that's what I'm trying to say. It, it's it it if you know you're getting that week and it's not forced, you know, you're like, what can I do in that week? So you're planning the whole year. What can I do in that week? You know, a Some week people, in the year or a week every month. A, a mandated week in the year, like it's choice. You can you you don't have to go to work, but if you want, you can still go to work. It's choice. No one's gonna get fired for taking that week off. Meaning, you know what I mean. No employer can fire you for saying, yeah. you know what, I'm going to take it off. Yeah. So some, either way, something because the culture, I feel the culture needs to implement things that, because right now, for, there's, okay, right now we're dealing with a health issue, but we're not focusing on mental health issues, really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when somebody's left to their own, to them, like, by themselves a lot of who don't have the strength or or the education to be by themselves and this for a lot of people could be the worst thing for some people it could be the best thing but it all depends on their mental maturity or emotional maturity in a sense mm-hmm. so there's a, a lot of things true. have to change society society wise a lot of things have to change yes so in this, uh, is there any last words that you would say? Because it's, uh, yeah. Is there I know any we're last words? Yeah, talking there. for so long. I can go on and on, trust me. But You're <clears> going <throat> to break it down anyways. Yeah, right now, yeah. So is there any last words that you would like to say or part to whoever's out there? Hmm. Well that uh, I'm always excited to and intrigued by meeting like-minded, like-hearted people, Mm -hmm. always. And I seem to also enjoy putting people together, like connecting people. So, I'm someone that loves art, thinks about it, wants to paint more as well. If there are collaborators out there or people who would love to have a conversation or discuss any projects or be each other's motivators on getting certain things done and accomplished, to absolutely reach out because it would be great to meet new people, especially now when it's harder to to do that. And to share artwork, because that's a a huge source of inspiration. And and to share insights and thoughts, things, uh, things that you've agreed with or may think otherwise and to talk about that, to sort of expand the mind and the horizons and discuss things that are happening around the world. All topics. I look forward to meeting, (laughs) meeting these minds. All right. (laughs) We're going to follow up at a later date after this whole thing is back to normal, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so... Thank you so much, Mai. Thank you. Thank you for your awesome video. 
<laughs> skills and discussion right. skills. We'll have more discussions, I guarantee. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm Mai and Jada. <laughs> Until next time, weirdos. Peace. Peace. There Do you go. It. It's on. <laughs> I'll add that to the end. Cheer too. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, Yay. <laughs> For more episodes, you can find us on Spotify and Google Play. For the visual recording of this episode, you can go to YouTube at AcidXTone channel. Follow us on Instagram at AcidXTone at Cosmic underscore Nomads. 